Hey, look, we are in the year of the Bible. And in case this is your first time here, uh, what, what we're doing this year is we are following along with the one-year Bible, which is simply every single day there is a reading out of the out of a Old and New Testament and Psalm and Proverbs. There's a reading out of each of those excerpts. And uh, what we're doing at the end of each week uh, or, or on Sunday morning, we're looking back to the prior week and pulling out a story or a theme and really just spending time talking about it. And uh, it's been awesome. It's been fun so far. I've enjoyed it. And uh, we're about halfway done now. So here we go. Uh, we're continuing in this thing. So y'all ready? Yeah. Ready for today? All right. So I got a question for you. Uh, where do you, where do you, and you don't answer it, but, but where do you get your advice from? Like where, where do you get information from, advice, if you need help with a situation or whatever? Where, what is your main source of information that you're intaking? Okay, now we live in 2017, so more than likely, all of us, it's going to be the internet <laughs> or the intranet, whatever. It's going to be the internet because it's so accessible and there's so much information out there. At one point on my Facebook profile, I had that I graduated from Google University because I basically had. I was like, hey, how are we going to do this? I don't know, let me Google it, you know, and, and I ended up learning a lot of things that, uh, I, man, I do every single day. And so it's a... Very, very good source of information, but how many of you know that it's not always a very accurate source of information? So social media, man, look, if, if, I, if somebody says something happened and I didn't see it on social media, I doubt that it happened. Because I'm like, hey, people ain't been posting about it, so I don't even know if it's true. <laughs> All right? Then I Google it, and, you know, it's, and it, it's, is it, you know, results? Is it recent news? What is it? Is it old news or is it fake news, right? What is it, right? We're, 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 not only do we get information, but then we have to actually evaluate whether it's real or not. I mean, there's so much information. It's a ton of noise just everywhere we go. So the problem is, is as we intake information, what's really happening uh, on a broad scale is that we're really forming, it, it's forming who we are. It's forming the lens in which we live our lives, and so in one sense, it's like, ah, whatever, you know, hey, is it, is it real or fake? I, it, but then also whenever you're receiving information that's actually forming who you are, when you look at it that way, all of a sudden it means a whole lot more. And it's like, man, this is forming who I am. And so, you know, we have these, sarcastically speaking, reliable sources of information, you know, like social media and things. And, and another very reliable source of information or advice that a lot of people turn to um, is fortune cookies. <laughs> right? It's fortune cookies. I mean, how many of you, whenever you go to a Chinese restaurant, you're just waiting for the, you're like, yeah, you got my check and uh, don't forget those fortune cookies. All right? Like, it's very important that I see what's going on. And so, uh, so, so I actually brought a few today to, to kind of look at so we could learn and grow in our uh, understanding of some things. And so why don't you go ahead and put the first one up. It says, borrow money from a pessimist. They don't expect it back. <laughs> get many negative pessimistic friends, that's who you go to for money because they're going to be like, there's no way he's going to give it back to me. And he's probably true. <laughs> it's probably accurate, right? So we go to the next one. You laugh now, wait till you get home. I don't know if that's because of like the food at the restaurant. <laughs> like, yeah, just wait <laughs> any moment now. Um, or, <laughs> or whether it's just something really creepy. You know, like, just wait till you get home. You know, it's like freaky movie, somebody in a mask. I don't know. But go to the next one. The one thing about repeating your mistakes is that you know when to cringe. 
That's very, it, it is true. You, know, you make a mistake once and it's a mistake. You, you, you do it a second time, it's a choice, but at least, at least you know what to expect, okay? Go to the next one. You will be hungry again in one hour. <laughs> Every time that you eat at a Chinese restaurant, right? It's just, you eat a pile and then an hour later you're like, you know, I could go for another whole meal. You know? It's kind of like me whenever uh, I try being really, you know, like strengthening my spirit and I, and I fast and I eat salads. I, my jaws will get tired eating a salad before I get full from, it doesn't matter the size of salad. You know what I'm talking about? It's all, it's a sham. <laughs> eating salads, it's just, there's nothing to it. Anyway, I think we got one more. I cannot help you for I am just a cookie. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least it's being honest that time. I think some people really open these up and they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. And no, it's just a cookie. All right. We saw one and it said run. <laughs> it freaked me out. Run. You know? I don't know. But we have these sources of information and advice. And you guys know as well as I do that as we read things, we are intaking things. Look, you scroll through your, your feed and Instagram or whatever, and you see all these quotes, right? Like these really good self-help quotes. And, and it starts forming. And some of them feel like scripture. Like they feel like the Bible. And you're like, yeah, that's true. Like God's not going to give me more than I can handle. That's right. And yeah, it's in the Bible somewhere, right? Yeah, it is. I think, right? And then we also, we, we have this intake and it's like, it's like we, we start forming these opinions and sometimes we end up starting in a good place and then we travel down this road and it's like, wait, where did I get that from? So we got this lens, we got this filter, everything that we read, everything that we see, we filter. And if you're like, you know, me, uh, my coffee maker, I've got this filter uh, that, that, you know, it, it filters all the water, not the, not the coffee filter, but you know, like the carbon filter or whatever it is. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go home and you need to go look for a little water filter in your coffee because it's probably like nasty, moldy looking. Anyway, <laughs> it's one of those filters that catches things and it, and it collects things. And how many of you know our filter has to be cleaned out from time to time? It's got to be filtered out. It's got to, because now we just pick up stuff and then we could end up living a life with a lens that's not even correct. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a book that I believe, it's one of my favorite books because it's very simple. Every line, I mean, it's, it's full of one-liners and that's the book of Proverbs. We haven't spent a lot of time in the book of Proverbs, but today we are, we're going to pull some truth out of it to help us. Today is a very practical message. Like you're not going to have to like read into it very much. It's pretty much all out front, very available for all of us to understand, okay? Uh, and, and sometimes these types of messages are the most uh, disappointing because because we actually have to do it and uh, because we understand what it's, what the Bible's saying and sometimes we can kind of cloak it and, and say well I just really don't understand no this one we're all gonna understand all right so so we're gonna get some advice and we're gonna let our filters right our lenses be corrected on a subject that every single one of us in this room have already done today we'll do the rest of the day and we do every single day and that is the subject of communication. Communication, and really the title of the message, if I, if I titled it, is, is The Art of Communication. You know, communication is actually like an art form. The way that you frame up ideas, the way that you, you transfer thoughts, it's an art form. 
It's something that's very sensitive and it's something that a lot of people think they're doing nowadays, but they're just talking. There's not a lot of communication taking place. All right, just because there's a lot of words does not mean that actual thoughts are being transmitted or, or communicated. It just means that I'm flapping my gums a lot. I watched this, this news interview yesterday on, on Facebook and, and you had the mediator in the middle and you had the two opposing people on either side and it started off on the wrong foot. The questions that were asked were just <laughs> feeding them, right? They're just, just gasoline on a fire. And then one person reacts and then the other person reacts and they talk and talk and talk for like five minutes and they yell and they argue, blah, 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 blah. And at the end, nothing was resolved. There was no progression. You felt like when you started the conversation or started listening, you were in the exact same place as whenever they finished. There was no progression. It was just an argument. And many times we think that we're communicating and we're having good conversations, but we're not. We're not communicating anything. We're just talking a lot. Okay, and so today we're gonna look at how can we actually, as, as people, as individuals, as a church, come on, as, as family members, how can, in every aspect of our life, how can we communicate better? And now I'm just gonna be very honest with you. This is one of those subjects that, that like everything that I'm saying today, <clears throat> I'm really preaching to myself as well, okay? Because this is difficult. It's difficult to consistently communicate properly. It takes a lot of work, effort, time, all of these things. And whenever we get lazy, we don't feel like having good conversations. Just blah, we just throw it out there. And that's not what the word of God instructs us to do. And so in order to communicate well, we've got three things that we're gonna do. And it's found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 15. The first part of it, says this, it says, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Learn. And this is the first step in communication is to learn. All right, I think a lot of us think that we're learners, but I don't know that we always are learners because we have conversations about things that we know nothing about, but we talk about it like we do. Okay, I mean, I'll just hit on a hot topic right now, like politics and government and, and all of these things that everybody's blah about. 90% of us in this room have no idea how to fix anything. And the other 10% of you think you do, but you don't either, okay? <laughs> like you really don't. You've read a lot of articles, you've read a lot of things and you have a certain level of, but we don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't understand, I mean, classification of information. We have no idea what's classified. We don't. We have theories, we have thoughts, and, and, and some of you in this room might, might have some of that clearance and you actually do know, and uh, come talk to me. I'd love to, don't do that. You lose your job and bad things happen. But overall, we don't really know much about anything. We think we do. We're ill-informed about things. And then we start ranting and raving and saying things that aren't even based on fact at all. It's very, it, it happens all the time. Now that's politics. Let's take into our families. Many times we don't know what's really going on. We haven't learned or, or progressed in our understanding of the situation that we're in. And yet we start throwing out things and saying things and then things begin to break down. Why? Because we haven't stopped and thought and learned about what it is we're even trying to communicate about in the first place. We've got to learn. We've got to be growing in our, our understanding about life and our understanding about ourselves 
and mostly, most importantly, our understanding of God. A lot of conversations people are having nowadays about God and the last time that they read the word of God, it's been years. So what they have is they have this understanding that it's been fabricated really over time and the only filter they have is their own experience and the words of others. To be honest with you, if what you're receiving right now, this communication is the, the only time this week that you have gotten input from the word of God, you're very sick in your, in your spirit. You're very weak and I'm not gonna be able to provide for you what you need in order to, to grow in your relationship with God. It's impossible. It's impossible. And so coming to church, this is like a celebration. This is like a, a cherry on the top, right? Here we go, yes. And we, and we talk about things and we get challenged in things, but we get challenged to go out and do those things, right? So you've got to be learning on your own. You've got to learn about your God. You've got to learn about your God. It, it's, it's not, you know, yeah, he's our God, but, but like for you, like who is he in your life? Not, not just coasting off of somebody else's experience, because that's temporary. So we've got to learn things, but many times we're not learning, so we end up where the blind's leading the blind. And that's very confusing. Blind leading the blind. But in order to learn, there's a, a key component in that is that you must be teachable. And in order to be teachable, you've got to be humble. I think many times just people stop learning because they become prideful. And they, they become solidified in who they are. And, and I'm only 32, so I haven't experienced this quite yet, but I'm very close to my dad. And he's a little bit older, not too much older, a little bit older. And, but the older you get, the harder it is to continue to have the, 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 the desire to learn and change and progress, right? You get solidified in, in experiences and thought processes where things continue to change. Things continue to progress and there has to be a, a desire to learn and be teachable, but you can't learn and be teachable if you're prideful, impossible. It's impossible because you think you know and sometimes let's just be honest, we don't. It's, did you know it's okay if you don't know something by the way? It is, it's fine. Like it's a good, it's actually, it takes all the pressure off. When somebody says, hey, do you know anything about this? You're like, I have no idea, I, just, I don't know, you know. Anything that I, any thought that I have is going to be made up at this point. But we were like, I think I've heard about that before. I think, uh, yeah, I th you don't. It's okay. You need to go learn about it. You got to Google it, right, or something. <laughs> but the statement is this. When you stop learning, you stop growing. Yes. And that applies in every area of your life. When you stop learning about your business and whatever career field you're in, you capped yourself. When you stop learning about your spouse, when you stop learning about your marriage, your marriage caps, all right? Whenever you stop learning about God and learning about the way that he operates in your life and you stop studying who he is, studying his word, and moving, you stop moving forward in that and you stagnate. And many times we think that whenever we attain a certain level, that by default we remain at that level. But when in fact, as we stop maintaining that level, we can do nothing but go backwards from that level. Right? You understand that? So, so just like, don't put your life in neutral. Continue to learn. And in order to have good conversations, if we're not learning, we're not growing, and therefore the other things that we're about to talk about cannot take place well. The next thing, the next step in this, after we begin to learn, is that we must also listen. Now, learning and listening is very, very closely related. 
It's very closely related. Verse 15, the second part says this, their ears are open for knowledge. Open, like like available to listen. uh, Another version says, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Seeks it. So whenever I say listen, I'm not talking about this kind of listening. You ready? Where you're looking at somebody and they're talking and you're waiting for them to get done talking. So that way you can talk. That's not listening. It's like waiting for a breath, waiting for a head, yeah. And you jump in there. It's not listening. Just waiting, waiting for them to shut up, right? I mean, that's what's going on there because you've got something that you need to say. And it, <laughs> we're not, this is not what that's talking about. This is talking about an active listening. And what that means is you're actually trying to figure out and understand where that person is coming from. And that takes time. That takes a lot of time. That takes patience. But if, it's fuel, if you're listening fueled with compassion, then that's no problem. But whenever we step into the, the, the role of listening for them to get done so we can speak, we don't truly care about that person's perspective. We don't care to listen about it. We're waiting for them to get done. And I believe that this is a, a key component in what's happening all throughout the world is that people aren't really listening to people. They're really not. Because when you listen and you truly listen well, you're listening with compassion. You're actually trying to hear what they're saying. You're not trying to pick apart what they're saying in order to use it against them. That's not right. That's not compassionate. That's mean, okay? You're not doing that. You're actually trying to say like, where are they coming from? So that way I can learn and listen. So that way in a moment, whenever we get to it, I can say something that will matter. But I've got to listen well first. Are we listeners? Are we learners? Are we listeners? Are we open? Another, another uh, like I said, seeks knowledge. Another, another way of putting it is requesting. I wanna, I wanna begin to challenge you to do something. And this is something that I'm personally trying to do better, uh, better at. And that is start asking more questions than making statements. Start asking more questions. I think sometimes we just don't ask enough questions to really understand what the problem or the situation is. And so therefore, because we don't ask questions, there's no clarity in the conversation. It's just jam-packed with emotion, jam-packed with opinions, and we never actually progress in the conversation. Because if I'm talking to somebody and I don't know where they're coming from, then everything I say is useless. I think it's so important that we understand who we're talking about, who we're talking to, listening well. When we don't listen, we assume. Yep. Felt that? You like had to process it. I saw it. I saw the process. You were like, ah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. When you don't listen, you assume you know. And most of the time, I would say 85. That's a really educated guess right there. I'm just, I'm just joking. It's not educated. We assume we know and we don't because we have not listened first. I believe it's one of the reasons that marriages are falling apart. There's not true listening happening. It's just I'm waiting for you to shut up because I got something to say. It's not compassionate. We have got to be good at listening. And when you stop learning and listening, your opinions get big and your world gets small. When you stop learning and you stop listening, your opinions can only get magnified. 
And your worldview, your understanding of where people are at gets very small. And also your friends list gets very small because nobody wants to listen to you. Ranting and raving, right? You gotta go check like your Facebook friends every now and then, like the number. Like you post something all of a sudden, it's like subtract it 25. You know what I'm saying? It's like you had all these friends. I've got seven friends, you know? And one of them's my mom. And she doesn't even follow me. <laughs> I thought that was funnier than the reaction I got, but. <laughs> when you stop learning and listening, your opinions get big, your world gets small. That's why Ecclesiastes 3.7 is, is so important for us to know. And it says, there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to speak. There is, a, there is a time whenever the mouth needs to close, but there's also a time when the mouth needs to open. And that, y'all know it takes a lot of discernment, a lot of wisdom to actually know when that is. And, and look, it's impossible. We don't always get this right. It's impossible. There's gonna be times whenever you step out and go to say something and you're like, ooh, I should have waited. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and this topic comes up and you start talking and you just start sharing your heart about it, right? Just like, blah. And you assume that they're with you. And then you notice their, their eyes kind of start going, okay. And then you stop and they say, actually, I completely disagree with everything you just said. And then you, you've already put yourself out there. Like you've already said it. Like the, the, the toothpaste is out of the tube. You, know, you can't put that back in. Like you done said it. And so what do you do? Um, so, well, I used, to see, I used to see it that way, but now it's, I, I, I totally, well, what do you think? And you try to hear what they say so that you can like, like kind of like conjure something that makes something, like it feels better. No, you already said it. You didn't take time. You weren't quiet. And now you have spoken out of turn. And sometimes it's funny stuff. Sometimes it's things that don't matter. But sometimes it really is just insensitivity. And it's not a lot of compassion involved because you said something that, that really was off color for that person in their experience, in their life. And so that's why it's so important that we, we stop, we listen in order to communicate well. So in order to communicate well, we must learn, listen, and finally, finally, last of all, speak. Last of all. And I love the way that the, the word puts it here in, in verse 20 of chapter 18. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. Wise words. So if your words that you speak are informed, right? You've learned about it. They're informed. You've listened and you've determined and rightly discerned the audience, the person that you're speaking to. Then when you speak, those words matter because they're wise. But if you're not learned, if you haven't learned about whatever it is you're speaking about, you haven't listened and understood their perspective in order to actually add something to the, the equation and you begin to speak and your words are unwise, it, it really just damages things. It's like this. Okay, so it says wise words satisfy like a good meal. Like a good meal, it, it satisfies it. You know, the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, we had some friends over and we, we were gonna cook steaks. And uh, so, so he came over and I opened up the Tupperware dish and the, the marinade that he used, it smelled. It was like exactly what you want steak marinade to smell like. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like, oh, it was so good. It's like, just pour it in a bottle, drink it. I mean, it's just good stuff, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm mean, big old thick steaks. And, you know, I had smaller, less insignificant steaks. And so 
I was slightly jealous at that time. You know, no marinade, no nothing. It's like salt and pepper. No, I just like my steaks with salt and pepper, you know? <laughs> I don't. I like them marinated. I want them. Anyway, so we cooked it, smelled awesome. At the end of the night, I was like, I got to figure out what that was, you know? And, and so anyway, went to the store. We got it. We marinated some steaks. We cooked them up. And of course, the smell was there. I mean, it was just perfect, perfect smell. I was like, oh, I hope it tastes as good as it smells. Put it on the plate, cut into it. You know, whenever you have a craving or you have a desire that something tastes like it smells and whenever you bite into it, it tastes nothing like it? How disappointing that is. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And you bite and it's just oily or greasy or a lot of vinegar, just something that's just, oh gosh, no, nah, you know? That's not what happened here. Whenever we bit into that steak, it was like, that's exactly what I needed. Like, that was it. Like, that was, that was good. It was good, all right? Well, that is exactly what takes place in a conversation whenever there are proper words, wise words that are interjected into the conversation. See, every conversation has a craving. It has a certain craving to it. It, it needs something and what it needs for it to progress and be a successful, to be good communication, it needs wise words. But whenever unwise words are interjected into the equation, it gets really bad emotions begin to well up. Have you ever been in a conversation that should have been five minutes, but two hours later, you're still arguing and you don't even know what you're arguing about. I think that's the most annoying part. You know, you start it here and now it's two hours later and you're fighting about pants and you don't even know why you're fighting about pants. Like, I don't know. I'm really passionate about standing up for pants right now. You know, it's like, it makes no sense. Why? Because there's a lot of unwise words being interjected into the equation. And, and the next part here in, in chapter 18, it says, the tongue, the words you use can bring death or life, one or the other. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Now, just because you love to talk doesn't mean that death surrounds you, right? It, it doesn't mean that. However, the words that you speak, it does determine whether death or life is taking place whenever you talk. What's the consequences? If we have wise words, the consequence of our conversations and our communication is gonna be life. However, if they're ill-informed, if we haven't rightly discerned who we're speaking to and how we should respond, then it's gonna produce death. And our words will destroy people, destroy our lives, ruin our testimony, and then we have nothing to stand on. This is very important. This is very important. We've got to love to learn. We gotta to love to listen and we gotta to love to speak wise words. I think some of the biggest regrets in my life, without a doubt, has been the words that I've spoken. There's, there's moments, there's probably five or six moments that I could tell you about right now where I'm like, I should have kept my mouth shut, but I didn't. I didn't know that it was a time to be quiet, not a time to speak. Why? Because I had something to say. You know what I'm talking about? And they want to hear it. Because they care about my opinion. They do. And they didn't. And they rejected it and they rejected me. Oh, no awe. It's like, that's what you deserve. <laughs> like, like, that's what I deserved. I was like, I shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have said it. Why? It wasn't compassionate. It wasn't compassionate. It wasn't like Jesus. See, whenever we're like Jesus, even whenever we say things wrong, they come across right. 
Because you can say the right thing the wrong way and it's not gonna produce good fruit. But you can say the right thing at the right time, even if it's controversial and, and, and hard to hear and it's, it's received. Now, there might not be full agreement. I think sometimes we're fighting for agreement whenever, sometimes there's no agreement. There can be unity, but it doesn't mean you're gonna see eye to eye in everything but you don't have to keep going around the tree and keep working it up because as the more that you argue, the more that you talk about something, a lot of times the more chance that emotions and sin begin to enter into the equation and it muddies everything up, clouds it all up and now everything you say, it's just an argument. So how we speak, it matters so much, y'all. It matters so much and we don't always get it right, but I like how Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive. Let it be gracious and attractive. Another version talks about it being seasoned with salt, something that, that, that tastes good, so that you will have the right response for everyone. So that you will have the right response for every single person you come into contact with. Think about that for a moment. A moment. If our words are gracious and they're attractive, and they're learned and we've listened and we're aware and we're compassionate, then whenever we speak, it'll be the right response for everybody. Not a good response for the people who are on your side, okay? That's easy. It's easy. I could get up here and rant and rave about a lot of things that Christians would be like, amen! But it, it really, it wouldn't be a response that would, really help everybody. I believe the Bible, look, we can speak truth, but we have to speak truth in love and with grace. And I believe whenever we, we speak things that are hard to say, but we say it in the right way, it is received. It's the right response. So, so whenever you respond to people, I want you to begin to, to visualize what's taking place when those words go out. If you respond to someone and it tears them down or it inflames the situation, that was not the right response for that moment. We're gonna have controversy, y'all. We're gonna have to confront things, okay? But we can still confront things with the goal of it being redemptive, with the goal of it producing good fruit. It's what Jesus did. Jesus was one of the greatest communicators. I loved it because depending on who he talked to, it's how he talked. So if he was talking to people that didn't know about the law, right? They were like Gentiles and they were farmers. He didn't talk about the law. He talked about a plant. He put his content that he needed to speak into context where they were. And sometimes we are, we're, we're saying things and the content really is right, but it's, it's out of context for that person. Yes. Yes. It takes wisdom, it takes discernment, and it takes a lot of compassion to care enough to take the time to word it just right as best as you can, all right? in order for God to be able to do something in it and produce life. And that's what Jesus did. All throughout the scripture, you can read. Just go read words in red. And now, now here's the deal. Some people will say, well, Jesus went through the temple and he turned over the tables and roar. And it's like, that's how we should be. And it's like, okay, he went to the temple once, all right? And it was a little bit different situation than whenever he was sitting at the well with the Samaritan woman, right? Way different way different. And so let's not go into 
you know, uh, like what they say, it's like a bull in a, in a china cabinet or whatever, right? We go into conversations, roar, bear, you know, roar. And it's like, no, man, that's not what that person needs. Most of the time, that's not what, of our, what our conversations need. Our conversations need wise words to satisfy the craving that that conversation has. And it might be a different way of you looking at it, but I mean, I think it's a really good way of looking at the way that we speak. And if you, if you step out, if you mess up, just simply say, my bad, I was wrong, would you forgive me? I'm telling you, man, it's not very complicated. Whenever you're wrong, just admit it. In your marriages, whenever you say something that's wrong, shut your mouth, admit it, and move on. Very simple. And I'm speaking from a lot of experience when I say that. <laughs> All right? All right? First year of marriage, horrible, because we didn't do that. And then we began to learn a little bit about ourselves. We began to learn, and it was like, okay. We, then we started listening a little bit better. And then that way, whenever we spoke, it wasn't like gasoline on a fire. It was water. And it would dissipate it. But it takes a lot of humility. But I'm telling you, if, if we really are trying to be like Jesus right, if we're trying to emulate our Savior, then we want to be like this. Like we want to communicate well. We want to say words that yet they may be controversial for a person, they're still received well and they know our heart in it. But if you get done talking to somebody and they don't know that above all that you really actually care for them, if they start feeling like you're just trying to prove a point to them, you said it wrong. You didn't take enough time. He didn't listen well enough. We're called to be like Jesus. And Jesus was patient. He was loving. He was kind. And he taught us how to do it. We just have to continue to, 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 to do it, to, to be activated in it. Let's not be like our culture, y'all. Let's not be like our culture and rant and rave and yell and scream and post. You know what I'm talking about? Somebody says something, it's like, hmm, hmm. Typing it out, like, you know what, whenever you can hear yourself typing, you should stop typing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Every now and then Nadine's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just texting somebody back. You know? Then what happens? Select all, delete. Say it with me. Select all, delete. Okay, that's how you do that. You, you select all of it and you delete everything that you type whenever you're doing that. Because I can tell you, you probably didn't say it right, okay? <laughs> and how much do you regret it whenever you've posted it, and then five minutes later, like, right, you go back and delete it, yeah. right? You send the text, and you're like, oh, I should have not sent that, right? And then for that get five minutes, whenever you did post it, you're hoping that for, like, somehow, some way, nobody that you know actually saw it. So you go back, and you delete it, and then you're like, Maybe nobody, maybe nobody saw. They saw, they read it, they screenshotted it and they already texted to half your friends. That's what happened. <laughs> you know, you know. Oh man. See, if you would have like said that illustration 10 years ago, people would be like, what are you talking about? Now it's like, yeah, yeah. It's the world we live in. It's how we communicate. And we're mostly pretty bad at it overall. So I think as a church, as a community, that we should put how Jesus spoke and did things above the way that we want 
to speak and how we want to explain things because it's all about what the fruit that, that is produced, right? And it, it's, it, it's got to be redemptive. This past week, we talked about, at First Wednesday, shared it, shared it briefly, talked about being stuck in the middle. And, 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 you know, there's two sides in every story. Well, really, there's three. There's, you know, this person and there's the truth. <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about that today. Um, but there's always a tension between sides. And as believers, I believe that we're called to stand in the gap more than we're called to take a side. Yes. All right? And, and even though you might lean one way or the other, begin to say, how would Jesus respond? They brought up taxes to Jesus one time and they tried to, you know, hey, what do you think? And, and he, said, he said the answer that was very neutral, very wise. And he didn't get into a big political argument because he was like, I'm not spending my energy, my influence, everything that God's invested in me. I'm not spending it on taxes. I'm not doing it. And I think that we should look at it that way. Don't spend your influence, don't spend your testimony, don't spend your reputation on things that you can't change. It's not worth it, right? Let's link arms with Jesus. Let's stand in the gap. Let's stand in the middle. Let's fight for, for those that Jesus fought for. And let's not fight for the things that he didn't fight for. Because we don't want to be known for what we're against. We, we don't want to be known for what we're against. That's not the place to start. We want to start with what we're for. Because that's going to produce life. Yeah? And I know, I know that it's kind of difficult sometimes to take because it's like, but we've got to stand. And it's like, we'll stand, but we'll stand like Jesus stood. But for Jesus, it ended up on a cross, right? Which, I mean, if he spoke life and he did all these great things, why did it end like that? Well, sometimes that happens, right? Even in our own life, we make the right choice and it seems like we got the wrong fruit. We didn't. It was a good choice. Let's be wise. Let's be wise. Let's emulate Jesus. And let's just focus on, on what he focused on and, and speak like he spoke. And for some of you in this place, Jesus is speaking to you right now. He's never stopped. The Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit is drawing men to himself. Jesus is searching. God is speaking. The question is, are we learning and are we listening and are we responding? So in this place today, man, look, through the songs that we sang the prayers that we've prayed, the, the words that have been spoken today, I believe many of you in this place, you feel that tension inside of you. You feel, you feel like there's a, a decision that needs to be made in your life. You feel like there's a progression that needs to take place. And I wanna give you the opportunity for that. And, and really what that is, is God is reaching out to you and you might be far from him, but he wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And the, the thing is, is that he's done it all. And now he's here and he's offering salvation to you. And what's great about that is all we have to do is respond. And so if you feel far from God, if you feel like you don't have a, a relationship with God, maybe you need a fresh start or maybe you need a first start, all right? I'm gonna give you an opportunity in a second to respond to what God's dealing with you about. I don't think that you came to church for no reason. I don't think you came to church just to check it off your list. I believe everybody came to church today to get something, to, to figure out something. You got questions, you got concerns, you got something that's stirring inside of you. And that's the Holy Spirit trying to guide you to him. So I'm not gonna do anything to embarrass you. I'm not gonna like bring you up on the stage or make you feel uncomfortable. But in a moment, I'm gonna invite you to say a prayer and then also invite you to raise your hand because I believe that there's something important about admitting whenever we're wrong. 
I believe like, like that's me. Like I am not where I'm supposed to be. There's something about it, man. And I wanna give you that opportunity today to do that. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes and just, just get along with God. And if you're in that place right now where you feel like there's a distance between you and God, like you, you feel like, like if I asked you, do you know God? Do you have an active relationship with him? Do you know what that means? And you are like, no, or I think I used to, I'm not sure. It, everything's just really vague. Man, I wanna, I wanna offer that to you to start something fresh today. God is here, God is waiting. He is available for you. His grace is here. His grace is sufficient for you. So if that's you and you wanna to, to receive Jesus today, go ahead and raise your hand. I just wanna pray with you. Come on, all over the room. I see you right here in the middle, both of you. Yep, off to the right, right here in the middle, off to the sides, yep. Right here in the front, I see you. Over here to this side, come on. Come on, God's grace is sufficient for you. See, see God's conviction, it points you forward. It, points, it, it produces hope in your heart. Condemnation from the enemy points backwards. It says, look at your past. You're not, you're not good enough to do this. And it's a lie. See, the enemy speaks too. And when he speaks, it's lies. It's deception. When God speaks, it brings hope it brings a future, it brings purpose. Who else in this place today? He needs Jesus. Anybody else? I see you, man. I see you over there. This is what we're gonna do, we're gonna pray. And as I pray, I, I, don't, I don't want you to repeat after me. I want you to pray to your God and, and accept him into your life. So let's pray together. I believe God's gonna change you. God, we come before you and God, I am humble at this moment, broken before you. God, you know the decisions that I've made, they've been wrong. God, I've, I've, I've done things that I'm ashamed of, but God, I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for your grace that surpasses all of that, for your grace that is sufficient for me, that is still sufficient for me. God, I thank you for sending Jesus to this earth to die a painful death on the cross and shed his innocent blood to pay the price for my sin, for my shame, for my fear, for my doubt. And right now I receive your free gift of salvation. God, I thank you for making a way for me out of this mess, out of the pit. Right now I receive it. I acknowledge you in my life. God, I pray that you take my life, use it for your glory, use it for your purpose. I surrender it all to you right now. God, let my life shine before men shine before everyone that I know that they can see and know that you're real and that you change people's lives and that you give us hope and purpose. God, let me be that light. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give it up for those who gave their hearts to God today? If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. 
If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.